Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. Um, I will not be long today. Um, um, the Lord just impressed upon me to share with you uh, just a, a message of hope and a message of comfort. He wanted me to share with you today that you are not alone and it is going to be okay. Is that all right? I um, have to share this with you. Um, um, it was just amazing. But before I do that, I'm just going to start with a quick prayer. Dear Lord, just be with me today as I share with you. Uh, I share with, the, uh, with our friends here a little bit about you. And um, just take control of my words, my thoughts, and just help me to be a mirror today, Lord, to just reflect you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Okay. Now, those of you who have never had a chance to go over to my house, I have to describe it to you. I live on Sligo Creek Parkway. Do you all know what Sligo Creek Parkway is? I live in between Wayne and 29. And if you drive down that way, you'll see a high rise. One just, just, it's 20 something stories up in the air. And I live on the 14th floor facing the parkway. Now, this is the interesting thing about me living so high. It's kind of like living in a treehouse, I tell people. But this is the most interesting thing is, is that I'm on the 14th floor. But there's an argument going on between those who live on the 12th floor and the 14th floor. Can anyone guess what the problem is? Who's on the 13th floor? We don't have a 13th floor. It doesn't say 13. And so those of us on the 14th, we say we really live on the 15th floor. Because you count the lobby, then that's one. And then those who live on the 12th floor said, no, 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 the lobby doesn't count. So y'all are really on the 13th floor. And so we go backwards and forwards with this. But the bottom line is I live up high. Now, uh, the other day, something very unique happened. And I got to share. Eric, you're going to appreciate this. Now, people always ask me, Terry, what do you miss about being born and raised and living in the Pacific Northwest? One of the things that I love to do and I would do it probably once a month and twice a month. And uh, Bruno and I kind of talked about this, but I would go out ocean fishing. And I would go what we call in Oregon, at least, king salmon fishing, where you go out and, you know, the salmon that you buy at Whole Foods for $20 a pound, <laughs> we just catch that with our rods and reel it in there. And so I grew up doing that. And so uh, one of the unique things about salmon fishing from all the way from Oregon, if you go all the way up to Alaska, because if you want to be really serious about salmon fishing, you go to a place called Sitka, Alaska. And I've, I used to go there at least once a year. It's unbelievable. The salmon almost jump in your boat. It's just, just, just so unbelievable. In fact, it's so bad up there that they only allow you to catch three a year, a person, because they're so big and it's just, just amazing. And um, now the thing is, that Sitka is famous for their fishing, and they're also for one other thing, and that is the American bald eagle. That there's more bald eagles in Sitka than there are squirrels in D.C. I kid you not. And if you're fishing and you're bringing your fish up, and the eagle may decide, I just want that fish, it will come down and literally take your fish and yank it off the hook and fly away with it. And so it's just that many of them. 
And so I say this to say that I recognize eagles. I recognize bald eagles. I grew up seeing them in, in Sitka. We're shooing away from our fish. Now, Eric, I was sitting on my balcony on Monday, just having a good time, a cup of tea, 14th floor, looking down at Sligo Creek. It was like 10 and at, no, 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 it must be around 3 o'clock because I'm off on Mondays. And so it was around 3 o'clock. And I'm just sitting there having a good time. The weather was kind of warmed up a little bit. It was just, just good stuff. All of a sudden, to my amazement, within five feet of me flies a bald eagle. And I said, I just can't be. There's just no way I'm seeing a bald eagle here in Maryland. And so next thing I know, this thing is just circling around. And it's looking down at the creek. Just circling around. So must have seen something. So I took out my video camera, and I wish I could show, but he's so small on the video camera. But you can see a bald eagle just, just less than a mile from where we are right now. And I was just absolutely amazed and just sitting there and seeing that thing glide. And then I did a little history because I'm thinking, I, I'm going crazy because there just cannot be a bald eagle in Maryland. And then I looked it up and I got on my little wiki search thing and all that crazy stuff and discovered that there are 500 pairs of bald eagles in the state of Maryland alone. That now it's been documented that every county in Maryland has a bald eagle, couple, at least one. And uh, Sligo Creek, they're saying what they love to do is to catch the fish uh, on Sligo Creek, and they love to catch the squirrels. And so that's what the bald eagles are here doing in the area. And so uh, it's just amazing. Next time you're here and you think you see a, a, a vulture circling or a hawk, look very close because you may be surprised that it might be an American bald eagle. Now, one of my favorite people in the Bible is Moses. And let me tell you why I love Moses, because you know the scripture says that he, he, had, he was slow to speak. And those who know me, you know I have dyslexia, and I can relate so much to Moses. And, and Moses just said, Lord, you know, don't send me to send anybody else. But I can relate so much to Moses because of that. Now, Moses had an awesome responsibility, is that God had to get him ready to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, just a little bit of a quiz for you. How many years did Moses spend in the wilderness before he led the children of Israel out? Did anyone know how many years he was in the wilderness? Forty. And what was he doing in the wilderness? What was that? Law. Law. He was the lost? No, no, we're going to go back a little farther before he got there. When he was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. And as a shepherd, if you get a chance to go over to that part of the world, you'll see that there's this little oasis. I know that, uh, Bruce, you've been many times there to the Middle East, and there's a little oasis that you can just be walking. All of a sudden, it's beautiful nature, just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen out in the middle of nowhere. And it's so obvious to me that Moses had to study nature and to study God through nature. In fact, one of the scriptures that really illustrates this to me is 
Deuteronomy chapter 32. And let me just tell you a little bit about Deuteronomy chapter 32. It's Moses writing and singing a song. And, and the scripture says that Moses just wrote this beautiful song and he, he sang it and said it to all the children of Israel when they were out in the wilderness. And one of the things that he wanted to illustrate to them is that God loves them. That, yes, you might mess up because they were messing up all the time. Moses has kept trying to reinforce with them. You know what? Just start over. God loves you. God cares about you. Let me share with you this one passage as part of the song that Moses had written to the children of Israel. And this is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 10 and 11. And part of Moses' song, it says this. In a desert land, he found him. In a barren and howling waste, he shielded him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. So once again, Moses was sharing with us, trying to get the children of Israel, because I'm sure they saw eagles walking in those 40 years, and he was trying to just make it real to them. You are impressed that an eagle does all this for its baby. But don't you know how much more God does for you and how much more he loves you? We're going to just take the next few minutes here to break down a few things about eagle. I went eagle crazy this week. I was on my computer learning everything I could about eagles. And uh, it was just this amazing. In fact, I'll tell you this, a little history. Uh, the eagle's wingspan, uh, bald eagle, is six feet. It sits, uh, it sits three feet high. Uh, the female is bigger than the male. Uh, 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 they mate for life. <laughs> I can just go on and on. Let me stop. <laughs> Let me stop. But I can just tell you, I'm an eagle expert now. <laughs> but um, one of the most interesting things to me is that Moses uses this phrase, an eagle stirs the nest. What do we mean by that? Why did he say that? Well, in Sitka, you can see the eagle's nest real high up on the cliffs. You can see them up there. And they have to make them so high because their baby's wingspans are so wide that if they fall, they have to have some time to be able to start flapping. Now, this is the interesting thing about the, about the bald eagle when it's making its nest. The first thing that the husband and wife, the little pair, what they do is they go out and they try to find the sharpest things that they can possibly find. Pieces of broken glass, twigs, sticks, anything that even looks sharp. And then what they do is they build their nest around all these sharp pointed objects. And then what the mother eagle does next she reaches down in her chest and she starts plucking out some of her feathers. And they're kind of made for that. They're really soft. And, and she takes them and she covers all that soft stuff. And while she's doing that, the father eagle is flying out looking for other soft stuff, cotton, anything that looks soft, leaves. 
And what they're doing is that they're covering all that sharp objects with all that soft, comfortable stuff. And then they continue to build the nest. And then the little eaglets, baby eagles, are laid and they're hatched. And they are so comfortable. The mother's little feathers and the fur and all that stuff, it is just the warmest, most comfortable thing. It thinks that life can't get any better than this. And the mother and father, they do everything. They bring back food, bring back fish, bring back food, fish, bring it back. I mean, they don't have to do anything. All they have to do is just open their mouth. We're hungry. We're hungry. We're hungry. And mother and father are doing their business. It's coming out, bringing them, bringing them all, all the whole time. Well, once they reach a certain age, all of a sudden, something happens. The mother reaches down and takes a little bit of the softness and throws it out. And she lifts the rest of it there, and then they're all pushing back, trying to get to the one soft area. As they grow just a little bit bigger, the mother reaches down, takes a little bit more out, throws it over. And finally, it gets to the point where there's nothing but sharp objects. And those little eagles sit down, ow, ow. And then the mother and father, they do the most amazing thing. They start taking the nest apart. And this way, what happens is when the cold wind blows, it goes right through the little sides. And those little birds are sitting on sharp things, feeling that cold wind. And what they're doing is getting those little eagles that have been so comfortable ready to fly. And I'm sure those little eagles must think that their mom and dad are crazy. What in the world are you doing? I am so comfortable. Things are going so right. Why are you messing up my world? But they know exactly what they're doing. Because they know that unless they get a little bit uncomfortable, that they're going to stay exactly the way that they are. And friends, don't you understand that this is why Moses talked about this? Because this is what God does to us. Yes, there are times we are so comfortable. And if the Lord didn't shake things around a little bit, we wouldn't even want to go to heaven. Why go to heaven? I got everything here. Everything is great. Fantastic. Oh, I got the perfect job. I got the perfect. If you had all that, there would be no need of you even wanting to go to heaven. But the Lord understands one thing, and that is this, that he sees the bigger picture. Just like those eagles, they see the bigger picture. They understand that, 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 you know what, I want them to be able to fly and to be able to be on their own and own and to be able to, to know that it's going to be okay. That's exactly what God wants to do to us. So, friends, when you're finding yourself in a situation that seems uncomfortable, 
you don't understand and it's not making sense, realize that maybe, just maybe, God is trying to tell you something. That I don't want you to get too comfortable here on this planet. That I have something so much bigger for you. Something so much more fantastic. Yes, I want to give you your, your basic needs. I'm going to take care of that stuff. But don't you understand? My picture, how much I care for you, is so much better. And there may be someone here today that you're struggling with a job right now. I don't know who you are, but you don't even want to walk in that office door. When you think of the people this very moment, this is when I said the word job. You started like, oh, my goodness. Monday, oh, my goodness. But friends, the Lord may have you there, and he may have you there for a reason. Yes, he may have it a little bit uncomfortable for you. But you have to understand that God knows exactly what he's doing. Maybe there's someone here today that's in a relationship that is absolutely crazy. Do you know that the Lord may be simply taking some of those feathers and saying, you know what? You're getting a little too comfortable. You're dependent upon that person more than you dependent upon me. And so let me shake things up a little bit that you understand that that person is human and I am God. And you're thinking that they're bigger than me in their situation. You put me first. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some feathers out of your nest right now. And maybe even there's someone here that you have a health issue that does not make sense to you. It just doesn't make sense. People have been healed all around you and they're getting blessings and you're still struggling with it. Once again, God may be teaching you. You need to depend upon me, even with your health concerns. And friends, that's why Moses made it so clear. Just as an eagle knows how to take care of its baby, God knows how to take care of us even more. We have a sister that's here today, and I'm going to have her share a little bit with you. Dot, and once you meet Dot, you'll never forget her. She's just that kind of person, awesome personality. But Dot and I had prayed for a situation, and it didn't turn out exactly the way, you know, we thought. But once again, it's about God taking the feathers out of the nest. And you have to just understand this, friends, that once we give our lives and hearts to Jesus Christ, he wants the best for us. If you think a human has your back, you have to understand that God has your back 10,000 many more times than that. And not only does he have your back, he can look and see what's going to happen 20 years from now. And he can start putting stuff together because he knows exactly what's happening. Dot, I'm going to have you come up and take a few moments and just share with us the prayer that we had. How you guys doing? <clears throat> um, my name is Dot. I prefer being called Dot as opposed to Dorothy. Um, my dad named me after a movie star, Dorothy Lamore. Oh, that's my middle my middle name. Um, 
the last time I came here, you all were doing gateway worshiping, and I came up to the front and told um, Pastor Terry that my husband was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic and liver cancer. And we found out a little bit too late. But um, my husband passed away February 1st. And instead of having people say, you need to do this, you need to do that, I put the whole program together by myself, just he and I. And that particular service brought together two huge churches. And the place was so packed that they had to go into overflow. And I ran out of the sheets where people were supposed to sign in. And I went home the, the day that they took him out of the house. I went home and I got in the shower and I said, God, why? You took my mom. You took my dad. And when I started saying, why my husband, he interrupted me. I was listening. And he said, I told you to bring him to me, to lead him to me. And I threw my hands up while I was in the shower, all soapy, and I was like, <laughs> okay. And I heard this little, still, soft, gentle voice in my right ear that said, well done. It took me 27 years in my marriage that was such a roller coaster. My husband was watching my walk. And I separated from one church when he called me out and went to a different church. And my husband goes, why are we going to separate churches? I don't understand. I've always gone to a Sunday church. I said, well, you've always done what your parents brought you up to do. So I said, I'm not going back. So he started doing Bible study one-on-one with the pastor. I had no idea until after he passed that the pastor came to me and said, your husband did not want to walk in the light you had. He wanted to walk in his own light. So he took the time to do that. But after he passed, I couldn't deal with his clothes or his, his, his belongings. I told my kids, just, just take care of it, get it out of there. Because every time I do it, I'm, I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. I can't deal with that. And people saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It kept me in a mourning state, and I needed to find out from God, how can I be broken, so broken, and yet have peace? I couldn't understand it. Because I know that fear and faith cannot coexist. They can't occupy yes. the same place. Yes, yes. It's impossible. But I wanted to find out how can brokenness so broken and peace occupy the same place so a friend of mine gave me said you need to get away and gave me the keys to his condo in Ocean City I heard on the news that it was going to snow on Wednesday I said let me hurry up and throw a bag together and let me get up out of here I drove to Ocean City and I don't know if you've all been there but I think it's 196 miles in silence because I'm waiting for him to tell me how can the two coexist so I get down there and I go to the grocery store and get myself something to, you know, to eat for the days that I'm going to be there and lock myself in. I prayed. I cried. I prayed. I cried. And I'm still waiting for him to say something to me. I get up a week later. Now you guys got snow here that was so much. It just rained in Ocean City. 
So I said, and went to the beach. It was too cold because I saw that picture up there with a woman standing at the beach. And I said, I wanted to do that. <laughs> but it was too cold. The wind was blowing too much. So that following Wednesday, I said, let me come on back home. You know, I haven't heard anything. I'm driving back home in silence. So I got close to Annapolis, Maryland. And I said, let me call the lady back and give her the keys. And she tells me, she says, um, well, we're on our way out to dinner. Why don't you come and go to dinner with us? And I really wanted to go home after all that driving. So I told her, I said, well, I'm in Annapolis now. So she said, go ahead on and meet me for lunch, you know, for dinner. So I said, okay, no problem. And most of y'all don't know this, but I'm kind of a pedal to the metal. Get, get, get there. I ain't got time to tour the city. I need to go where I'm going. It took me two and a half hours to get to Ocean City. It took me two and a half hours to get back. And I decided, since I just spoke to her on the phone to give her the key, I'm going to turn the radio on now. I'm in Ocean City. I'm back home. And I turned on C.C. Whining, Thy Kingdom Come, her, her old song. And the song, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but I suggest you take the time to listen to it. It will help you. And the song is called Worthy. And when I played it, it said, You have not been left alone. God made you worthy. He sent his only begotten son so that two millenniums later we could go walking in his light. The song was playing and right then, you know how you can still hear the song playing but yet you, you, something just intervenes and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I sent my son. Don't you think I was broken? Watching him take that walk to Calvary where he was being spit on, cussed at, bruised and stuff thrown at him. And then to be literally murdered, I was broken. I'm quite sure his heart was broken too. But yet I have peace because I know the end. Yes, yes. And right then I was like, thank you. You can be broken, yes. but you, God knows the end. And if you know the end, it's okay. It's okay. And people look at me now like, oh my God, I'm sorry you lost your husband. You know? And I'm like, what's to be sorry about? He was saved. I'm going to see him again. You know? But you can be broken. But yet have the peace that knowing God knows. That God knows the end. Yes, yes. He knew the end from the beginning. So I'm good. I'm going to see him again. Y'all make sure you give her a hug. This is just the start of the Lord using her to share. And once again, we just want you to know that even if you've experienced death, that God has a way of still making it okay. Friends, build a relationship with him now. Don't wait until you face that hardship. Don't wait until, he's, wait until he starts taking the, 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 the feathers off the bottom of the nest. Build it now so that you can trust him and you can believe he knows exactly what he's doing in your life. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.